Good morning. I have a lot of stuff here with me today, but uh, I hope that that sort of helps to get over the point. Awesome. But before I start, let's just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you are here. Thank you for your presence, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that um, that we are aware of, of you being here, Lord God. That we open up our hearts and our minds and be sensitive in the spirit, Lord, to what you want to say to us and to, and to what you want to speak to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Good, good. You guys good this morning? Amen. All right. So today I want to um, speak to you guys about is there oil in your lamp? That's going to be today's title. Is there oil in your lamp? But first, um, I just want to do a little bit of a, a recap of what we spoke about in, um, in the beginning of the year. When we prayed and we asked the Lord to sort of tell us and speak to us what we're going to focus on this year, we received a few words from God. Number one was to, to constantly be in His presence. Number two is to pursue intimacy with the Lord, and that's through Scripture. You, you read your Bible and you pray regularly. And number three, discernment, and I'm going to speak a little bit more about that today, about discerning the signs of the times. And number four is to be set apart, which means that when people look at you, they see that you are not the same as the world. Like you're, if you're a, 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 a Christian, but you still live the lack of normal life, they can't see that you're a child of God. So we, we believe that we as, as believers must be set apart. People, when they look at us, they must see you are a ch child of God. Um, even if you don't do anything, that's just something that they must see and perceive. But um, today we're going to speak a little bit more about discernment, this, 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 the signs of the times. So I want to ask you guys a few questions. The first one is, who of you guys believe that we are near or close to the end times? Who of you guys believe that? No, yes, some do, some don't. Who of you guys believe that Jesus will be here soon? Yeah, it's a, it's a good sign, it's a good to, to see that. Because what I believe is, yes, we are entering the time of the end times. And what I also believe that we as a church, as a whole, are entering what we call a great awakening. So the great awakening is the time just before the second coming of the Lord. A great awakening. And I'm going to speak a little bit more about that as well today. So... The Great Awakening, when we look at Matthew 25, um, the, the scholars, they actually speak about a midnight cry. 
So it's, it's the t t time just before the return of Jesus. At that time, it says, and we're going to get to that today, um, it says, it talks about the, the, the churches as the ten virgins, five wise and five unwise, foolish. And it says that all of them were asleep. So it says the whole church was asleep at this time of the midnight cry, at this time just before the second coming of the Lord. So when you guys look, because I bet everyone is on the internet and Facebook and stuff, when you look and you hear what's happening around us, do you think that as a church, a church now, we are all asleep or not? Or some? Some. I, th I think actually when you, when you look what's around you and, and you, um, you begin to perceive what's happening around us, I believe that we are at a, t a time where the church are actually beginning to wake up. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, when we wake up, when we're on the process of waking up, it means that we actually, we were asleep. And I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit about that more. So, let's just turn our, 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 our Bibles to Matthew 25, and we're going to read from this 1 to 13. Matthew 25, verse 1 to 13. And I'm going to read for you guys from the New King James Version. Okay, Matthew 25, verse 1 to, to 13. And it's talking about the parable about the wise and the foolish virgins. And we, we, we call this a, a, this is a big word, a eschatological parable. I hope I said that right. Eschatological parable. It means it's something that talks about the end times. Okay, that's the big word. Amen. So let's read. Verse 1, then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So they took their lamps and they took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So they took their oil with them. It's also good for mosquitoes. And they took their lamps with them. So they were extra prepared. But the wise took oil in the vessels with their lamps. In verse 5. But the bridegroom was delayed. That's important. They all, um, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all the virgins around uh, arose and trimmed their lamps. And the, f the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No. Lest 
there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And verse 10, and while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. It was shut. Verse 11, and afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, that's, that's a, it's a hard word, assuredly, it's true, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So, it's interesting scripture, but um, to fully understand it, we sort of have to read it also in context. And if we want to read it in context, we need to look at the previous chapters as well. And it says in Matthew 25, uh, in Matthew 24, um, the following, where Jesus speaks about two things. He speaks, uh, number one, about the destruction of the temple, which was in his time. And secondly, in the second half, he spoke about the end times, the second coming of Jesus. So when we have that in mind, and we look now at Matthew 25, verse 1, it says, then the kingdom of heaven. Like then, or some might see in the Bibles, um, at that time. So then, or at that time, it means this part of the scripture in Matthew 25 connects with Matthew 24. So when Jesus spoke at the end of Matthew 24 about the end times, he talked about what will happen next. He talked about what will be the condition of the church at that time. Make sense? Amen. Amen. So, let's read Matthew 25 again, verse 1 to 6. Okay. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Verse 3. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took oil with them. So it means that the church, um, the, 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 the foolish ones, they went with oil in their lamps, but only a, a, a little bit, bit of oil. So the oil did not last them the whole time. Um, and verse 4, but the wise took oil in the vessels with their lamps. So they took oil with them so that they are prepared for when the bridegroom comes. They are prepared for the, the unexpected. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. So at midnight, it speaks about um, that we, we were all asleep. All the 
virgins were asleep, the wise and the foolish. Okay, um, and I think that sort of, if, if I can relate to us as well at home, at midnight it's a, a, a time where we don't necessarily expect something to happen, so we're asleep. Make sense? So and I think that's something that happened with us as well as a, 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 a church over the ages, and Christ actually predicted it, that there will come a time where we are a little bit relaxed and we don't expect him to come. We will be asleep. And there's an important thing that I want to, 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 to mention here is that, number one, there's a, a, a gap between the outcry and the second coming. And another thing is um, that I want to ask you guys is why does Scripture talk about virgins? Why does it talk about virgins? He talks about it because Jesus talks about his church as a pure vessel. It, 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 it's when us as believers, we come to Christ, and when you come to Christ, you are made righteous. And if you are righteous in the Lord's eyes, it means he sees you as a pure vessel. So that's why he uses the word virgins to, to, um, to emphasize that he wants his church to be full of righteous people. Amen? Amen. And again, when you come to Christ and you receive him as your Savior, he washes you clean once and for all. You get sanitized once and for all. It's, it's not a... Con- Continuous thing that you have to do again, again, I have to pray for, for this, for salvation again and again and again, and ask Him for forgiveness again and again and again for some things. When you are a child of God, He washes you clean once and for all. He makes us righteous. Amen? Amen. And then the second one is there. There was a time between the outcry and the second coming of Jesus. Um, if we can read there the f- um, from verse 7 to 9 again. I'm just going to read verse 6 here. Um, and at midnight a cry was held. Okay, so there was an outcry. The bridegroom didn't come immediately. Verse 7 says, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. And verse 9, But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. So, how do we know that there was a, t- t- a time between the outcry and the second coming? We see that there were a conversation between the ch- churches. There was a conversation between the ten you know, the virgins, the five wise and the, and the five uh, uh, foolish. 
they, they talked about that light. They talked about that awakening. Um, and some came prepared. Some still need to prepare. So I think that's something that the Lord wants to, to, to speak to us about today as well. Um, Matthew 25, verse 10 to 13 again. It says, And while they went to buy, the, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, I'm going to read that over and over again. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We don't know when the Son of Man is coming. We don't know when the time is of his return. And again, when we, we read that, it, it, it links back to the end of Matthew 24, that we don't know when the Son of Man is coming. So it's repeated over and over and over again, and it's, it's repeated as a warning for us. Um, if we can look at Mark 13, verse 32 as well, where it says, and it's all over the New Testament, but of that day and hour no one knows, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Amen. Nor the Son, but only the, the Father. And we can also look at Luke 12, verse 35 to 36. And it says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourselves be like men who wait for their master. So it means you are you got your pants on, everything is locked down, you're ready. You wait for your master. You don't get ready when he's there. You prepare yourself that you are ready for when he comes. Verse 36, and you yourself will be like men who wait for the master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and he knocks, they may open to him immediately. So when he knocks, you are able to open for him Im immediately. Have you ever been in your house, for instance, way back in the, the backyard, and you're working there, and there's a knock on your door, but you can't hear it, because you're way at the back of the house somewhere. You do your things, you do your work, but you can't hear the knock on the door. And the Lord, I think, wants us to know within our hearts that we, we should live in a way that we are able to hear that knock when He opens our, when He knocks, so that when He knocks, we can open that door immediately 
and let him come in. So are we prepared? Next slide. So what does the Lord want to speak with us today in this scripture? He tells us, you guys, you need to get ready. You need to wake up. The second coming is close. We think it's five years, 10, 50, who knows? We don't know. But he says it's close. And when he says it's close, it's close. When we discern the signs of the times, we know that we are there. It's not way back where we still know like this and this and this and this still needs to happen. We are now at that time where we are in that awakening. The church needs to wake up. And who is the church? We are the church. You and me are the church. It's not the building, it's us. The second coming is much closer than we think. It's on its way. But first, an awakening is coming. And I want to just to, to urge you guys, and for us as well, for us as a church, to not miss that awakening, to not be asleep, to not walk around in our lives with empty lamps or with some, some oil in it, but the oil won't last the distance. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then word versus spirit. So when you look around us in the whole world, but also here in Namibia, we see um, some of us, we come from a, 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 a church which was very scripture-based, but there's not a lot of Holy Spirit there. And then we get some which is like Holy Spirit all the way, boom, just fire and whatever, things happening. But there's not a lot of scripture there. So we, we see this, this little bit of a, a divide in church about that. So what's the difference between word and spirit, though? When we look at the word, the word means when we go back to, to, to Scripture, um, you know your doctrines, you know, you know the truth, you know all the books of the Bible, and you, you, you honestly know the truth that stands in here. And when you know this, the people say that when you know your Bible, you know the truth, you make this your own, it will bring glory to God. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. And when you look at the spirit side, is, you know, um, and, and I think us charismatic Pentecostal, happy, happy people, we, we tend to lean a little bit more that way. We want to see signs and wonders and miracles and all those things happening, boom, 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 you know, because when we return to the book of Acts and everything that happened there, then we will see the glory of God sharing in this world. Amen. Amen. And what's wrong with that view? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with that view. There's nothing wrong with, 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 that, with, with that emphasis. The only thing that is wrong is, is us 
pointing fingers at that church and that church and how they do things and how we do things are right and they are wrong. They miss it, we don't. When we point fingers at a church, we actually point fingers at God. And we say, hey God, you did it wrong. You should do it my way. Like Frank Sinatra said, let's do it my way. Bye bye God, let's do it my way. No, no, it's also part of his church. So what is needed when we talk about word and spirit? And I'm going to bring this back to you guys now, to the actual the passage, is the word and the spirit needs to come together to create a massive light, a light in this world, a big bang, spontaneous combustion. That's what we need in this world. For example, Spontaneous combustion, spirit and word. So, before I speak about this, remember at the end times, even the wise were asleep, not just the foolish ones. So, where do we get the word and the spirit in this Matthew 25? We get it in the lamp and the oil. So if we look at the lamp, the lamp symbolizes the word. So the lamp symbolizes the word. Why? It says in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet. Make sense? Your word is a lamp to my feet. And the oil... The oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also keeps mosquitoes away. They can't stand the heat. So, when we look at 1 Samuel 16, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward so when this when when the when the word and the spirit comes together it makes a flame that you can't extinguish then us as a church will be light on a hill city on a hill amen so in this scripture jesus talks about two things number one he talks about the Awakening that will come. And number two is he speaks about that we should get ready if you're not ready yet. And he's going to say this over and over and over again. And what will happen when we are ready? Then we will, as a church, will flourish like it was way back in the book of Acts. Yeah. 
we will grow, we will multiply, we will see signs and wonders, miracles, but it will all be scripture-based. Spirit and word. Amen? Amen. So, at the end as well, in this last days, um, the, 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 the foolish will, the, the five the foolish, and we are not one of those, will realize that they didn't follow the promptings and the leading as well of the Holy Spirit as they should have. They did not have enough oil in their lamp. What does that mean? It means that maybe you come to church and you're a good person, but you don't really pray or you don't read enough the Word. And not just reading the Word, but actually meditating on the Word, getting to know God. So we just read the Word, we say a five-minute thank you prayer, and we, we go to bed. Or one minute in the day when we wake up, thank you for this day, nice rain, thank you Jesus, I'll see you later, boom. And you live a normal life, like you do the same old, same old. That's, according to the scriptures, foolish, and we will not be that church. We will be a wise church, we will be one that works, uh, that walks in word and spirit. And with that, we're going to walk into what the Lord has called each and every one of us here for. Amen? Amen. Amen. But, but again, it says, it says, according to this, that um, the wise and the foolish were asleep. Wise and the foolish. But then there was a third party involved in this whole picture. There was a, th- a third one involved. And who was that? Who was the third party? Not yet, not yet, but a good answer. Verse 3, let me just get my stuff here. Verse 6, and at midnight a cry was heard. So, the church was asleep, but a cry went out. Who cried out then? So, someone must have been awake to cry out, to cry out in the warning. So not everyone was asleep. And I believe that we are in a time where the Lord raises up a people to be watchmen on the wall. And for us as a, a church, that's one of the prophetic words that the Lord has for us. That we will not be a church that is asleep, but that we will be watchmen on the wall. We will be one that warns other people that the time is coming. You need to get up, get out of your chair, start being a legit Christian. Not 50-50, 100% Christian. Amen. So again, there were people that were ready already. They were awoke already. Amen. And um, let's just quickly read again um, Luke uh, 12, verse 35 to 36. 
where it's, it's, it says again, let your waist be girded and your lamps burning. And you yourself will be like men who wait for the master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. So again, church, scripture wants us, number one, to be ready. If not, then get ready. And again, to wait for God, not to wait for your other ship to come in. That will come in sometime. But wait for God. He's the main one because this has to do with your eternal life. Don't be asleep. Okay. Don't be asleep. It, and this parable as well, it was, it was said like 2,000 years ago already. So we had this warnings now for 2,000 years. Do not neglect it. Some facts about sleeping. Let's talk about that, because we all like to sleep. Me too. Huh? My wife too. Now she loves sleeping. <laughs> Don't miss the second coming, baby. <laughs> I'll wake you up. So facts about sleeping. We don't know we're asleep while we're sleeping. Sure. It's we, we only know Amen. we only know that we're asleep uh, that we were asleep once we wake up. Sure. So as a church, are we asleep or are we awake? Do we know we're asleep? If not, Holy Spirit help us. So we, we, we don't know we're asleep until we wake up. And number two is we do things in our, our sleep we don't normally do when we're awake. So if we take this back to now in the church, and if you look around us, world events, like as a, a, a church, not everyone, but some, we've, we've got so used to all the negative around us, all the bad around us, all the, the evil, you know, you just, it's afgestomp, it, it doesn't affect you anymore that much, it's just, oh my word, just, you know, we get used to evil and everything, like we, we see, and I had a conversation the other time with um, one of my friends, we see a, ch a church struggle, like, what, what did they do wrong that they struggle? How about we pray for them? We, saw, we see a, 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 a pastor fall because they make mistakes. They're human. From the devil, he must have done something wrong. That suits him right. No, he was put there by God. Like we cannot point fingers. We must pray for them. Okay? Do unto others what we want them to do to us. So there's all these things that we, we accept. There's all these things that the church do because it's asleep. And we need to wake up and not do those things anymore. Yeah. Amen. 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 And lastly, um, just a few questions for you guys at the end before we, we close. And we can leave this up for a little while. But... When you read through Matthew 25, verse 1 again to verse 
13, I want you to look at, at these things and, and see where are you at personally. Um, are you awake? And if you are awake, are you on the side of the foolish or more the wise? Are you you're going t- towards the end times with some oil in your lamp, but n- not enough, or or do you take your lamp and some extra oil with you, which means you are ready, you are full of word, and you are full of Holy Spirit? Does that make sense? How real is God to you? Because we see these things, read these things, hear these things, but it's like, yeah, it's good, it's awesome, it's nice. It, 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 the teaching, it, it gives me a goose f- flesh and everything. Like, yay. And I go home and I forgot. I, f- I, um, I go home and I forget. Goosebumps. Goose flesh, it's the same thing. The flesh gets bumps. Amen. So how real is God actually to you? Like, really? How much do you read your Bible? I'm going to ask that over and over again this year. And if you, 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 you read it, is it just because you have to, because you feel a little bit guilty? Or because you want to read it and you read, you read it with intent? You read it with expectation that the Lord will speak to you? Amen. Like, do you come to church to receive or you come to give because you know when I give with my praise, my, my worship and everything, you expect God to do something again. Amen. Come with expectation. How much do you pray? A little bit like MC Hammer says, I need to pray just to make it today. It's more than that. Okay. It is more than that. It's, it's a... It's a it's not just to, to make it today. It's about you building with God a relationship. You're becoming, it's, it's not about you when you pray. It's about God. It's about drawing near to Him. And also, how much do you live in total forgiveness? Because that's one thing that it always sort of keeps you from God. Amen. So, um, today... I think, I think, and I hope, and I trust that this was for us all a little bit of a wake-up call. Um, and for some of us, it might have been a little bit uncomfortable, but it's it's fine. It's good because we need to wake up because what awaits us, like, and we always say, is the best is yet to come. Our circumstances might not, like I said, might not get better always. But because we are getting more intimate with God, we trust Him more, we live more with Him and for Him, and He in us and through us, it will get better. Amen. We will have more joy, more happiness, more security that one day we will be with Him eternally. Now the best is yet to come. Amen. So... Um, and lastly, um, make sure you have, you have oil in your vessel. And um, when the awakening comes, 
be ready at the door that when he knocks, that you can open up. Amen. Um, just before ending prayer, um, I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. Is when you are here, if you are here now today, and you haven't received Christ yet as your Lord and your Savior, I want you to be bold and raise your hand so that afterwards I can come with you and pray for you. Because today is the day, is your day that the Lord wants you to connect with Him, to invite you into eternity with Him. If there's anyone here today, just raise your hand. If not, glory to God. All good. Amen. All right. Then um, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. We thank you that, uh, that we could be today here in your presence, Lord. And we, we, we thank you, Lord, for, for your word um, and for everything that you speak to us through your word. We, we thank you, Lord God, that we still have that f freedom to have a Bible, to, to worship you freely, Lord God, and to learn and to read your word every day and make it our own every day, Lord God. We thank you for the, the warnings that you, you put in there, but it's warnings, Lord God, because you are a God of grace and you are a God of love. You give this to us, Lord God, because you love us as your children. And I, I pray, Lord, that for us as a church, um, that, that we will always be at, 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 attentive to what you have for us, that, you, that what you, um, at, attentive for, that we are sensitive to hear your voice for what you want to speak to us, Lord God. Not just on a, a, a Sunday, but the whole week. And I, I pray, Lord, that you will make our ears and our hearts sensitive that, that, Lord God, that we will not fall asleep. Let us as a church, Lord God, be the watchmen on the wall that you called us for. Let us not miss our calling, Lord God, as a church. Let, let we be the ones with our spiritual senses so sharp, Lord God, that we can see trouble coming a mile away and that we can raise the alarm, Lord God, as a church. And I ask, and I ask you, Lord God, that uh, we can all take this word and apply it in our own lives, Lord God. And that you will give us the tools through your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.